Hi, Anya. Hello, Tansy. How are you this day? Good. It's a beautiful blue sky, sunny day today. So I am very cheerful and happy and yeah. <laughs> yeah, here it's blue too. Yay. Too. <laughs> and currently you? I'm very cheerful because I get to talk with you. <laughs> and you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to chat. Um and today let's like dive straight in. So we wanted to talk about um really the reasons why the majority of people kind of come into Bitcoin, come into crypto. And, you know, we talk on this show about the importance of Bitcoin and the power of Bitcoin and the necessity for sovereignty and this amazing technology. But I think we've got to be real about why the majority of people get into this space and why the majority of people have lost money in the crypto space and actually like where we can place the kind of responsibility on that. Like we kind of think, oh, you know, people got into these really risky coins and they, they were, you know, not thinking, they were kind of stupid, whatever it might be that we will, you know, label. But we've got to think about the reason why people felt compelled and still feel compelled to, to follow um, to follow places where they can make money and they'll take more and more risk. And like, why, you know, why do we do that for ourselves? We know how important money is. So why do we legitimately and willingly throw money into something that is incredibly risky? And I think we kind of want to talk to that today um, and kind of break that down a little bit. So, um, and did you want to start with sort of sharing what you were sharing before? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I'm obviously passionate and about Bitcoin, and I, I love the sort of philosophical concept. But I think, I mean, there were various reasons I got into crypto because I, I do like new adventures. Um, but you know, I, I have a an okay salary. You know, I work for an environmental nonprofit, um, but in terms of the future, you know, how am I going to support myself as um, a single woman without children, um, taking care of my parents? And I just felt when I'm like 60, 65, 70, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't secure enough to, to take care of all these things that I need to take care of in terms of financial support. And how am I going to get the income now that um, I have a house to fix the house? You know, it, and do I want to take out a loan and have to pay then? You know, I already have existing loans from schooling that I'm paying off. And then would I now get another loan to work on the house? And especially with interest rates and you know, it's just like I have to pay then all I'm like indebted then to this mass institution, which kind of scares me. Um, and then also, you know, investing in stocks and bonds. It was always a place for me that was just was the good old boys club that was sort of it didn't have open arms for me, didn't have the the energies that drew me in and I was never really educated in how to access that space. And also, I mean, the returns, <laughs> you know, the percentage of returns aren't 
what they are in crypto. Um, so I thought, you know what, this is a place where I can, with the little amount of money I have saved, I want to play with this because this gives me an opportunity to really get more financial support and be in this really interesting community that was inviting me that did have, you know, maybe when it first started, it was a little harder to get in, but getting in, I started getting in in 20. 20, end of 2019. Um, and I just felt like there was all this great energy and there was all this possibility for potential for make, making a nest egg for myself. Because in the system I live in now, I can't create a nest egg for myself. Um, so yeah, that's my initial s- story. <laughs> Yeah. And you spoke, I think, really clearly to that piece around um, opportunity and possibility. And I think so many people who do get into any kind of investments, any kind of riskier investments, let's say, do so because they want something better, because what we're being offered is not enough. We are told that we have to work all of these long hours, that we have to devote our entire life to working. And then we are we discover that that's never going to pay us enough to actually have the life that we want and kind of deserve after putting all of that energy and effort into our work. So the kind of the pay we get back for the work we do is so um, is so limited, you know, and so we don't have this extra, so many of us don't have this extra income. And so if you have this, a little pile of money it's like you can either sit there and just watch it either deplete or grow very very slowly over time or you can think you know what I need to do something I need to do something different and I'm willing to take a risk to try to maximize the potential of that money so that I can have a better life for myself and for my family or, you know, for whatever that you're doing. And so there's a legitimate reason why people are being pushed towards riskier ventures. It's not just because we're greedy. It's because the way that the system is designed is to kind of keep us in this, this kind of boring zone where we're just constantly working we're on the treadmill and we're hardly making anything back from that. And I think so many people who go into, in, who go into crypto and investments, um, but maybe let's speak to crypto and Bitcoin is they don't really know what Bitcoin is or really care that much fundamentally. Mostly they see people are making money and they want to make some money and they just really want to see there an ability for that freedom, for that possibility for growth. And it's also why people go into trading as well. It's like there's the risk, but there's an ability to actually move your money and make money. And we see it in these big bankers, you know, in the stock exchange. And we see these people who are literally pulling money into their pockets for doing what? For basically kind of moving money, guessing, gambling, trading, um, buying and selling stock basically and so it's not like they're contributing anything to the world it's not like they're kind of going out there like doing services they are just basically buying selling constantly to to take profit and that's how they're making money and actually that's something that we could all do potentially and that's what happened with robin hood and it's what happens with crypto it's that you have access to this space where you can take you can get that same opportunity which for so long was denied the denied to most of us um 
And I think it's really important to kind of consider that the reasons why people take this risk um, and have gone into this space. And you can look at a lot of those people and say, well, they shouldn't have taken that risk. It's like, if you don't, what is the alternative? What are you left with? You know, because yeah. like you say, you could take another job. Well, do most people do most people have that capacity, the energy mm-hmm. to, the time to? So, you know, I think it's really, I think we need to be really kind of um, understanding of the reason why people take risk around money because it's not because it's their fault. It's because the system is failing them. Yes, system is failing us for sure. You know, for us to really um, make sure we have all the support system, you know, working five or more days a week for the majority of the day, you get to wake up, have some breakfast, and then you come home and you have dinner and then you go to bed I mean what kind of crazy life is that I mean that just really seems crazy to me um and yeah it's funny I was just watching this uh old Doctor Who show with Tom Baker (laughs) and it was it was a a show where he ended up on this planet where everybody was you know it was basically everybody was slave labor because they they had to pay so many taxes and so they took like, you know, two, three, four jobs. And there was this one guy who was trying to pay for his father's funeral. And so he had to like, I guess it's so expensive. The taxes are so high for having this funeral. And he was just at wit's end and he was about to, um, you know, jump off a building and then Doctor Who came in and, you know, but it was like really unpacking this high, like you have to work so hard to pay all these things for all these things, for the taxes, for just existing, that you're basically living underground, you know, making this money so that you can exist. And what kind of existence is that? Uh, you know, I, I want to have fun. I think that's that should be our human right as well. <laughs> you know, f- good food, fresh air, and and fun. I think is a, an essential part of humanity, of, of healthy human. So, yeah. So I was really thinking about those taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the planet name, but Doctor Who came to to um, to inspire the people living underground to rise up and fight. And you know, and there was this fear of, well, what am I risking if I do that? But then they started realizing, well, what is the risk living my whole life underground, working for the man? Mm. Uh, So yeah, I saw that two nights ago. (laughs) And that moved me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. It's a great analogy. What a great um, message in that way. Because it is, it's like, what are you living for? And like, what is this existence? And are we all willing to cope? You know, are we all willing to say yes to what we're doing? And you see these people who are being like scammed and you see these people who are like, yeah, risking a lot of their money. And with any risk, it can go well or it can't go well, right? Like that's, if it's risky, there's a potential that you're going to lose all that money. So why would people put in their life savings? Why would people do that level of risk? Because it is their their kind of own personal 
um, standing up against the system. It's like, I'm not going to be able to survive in what I've got to the point where I'm going to put everything I have, my whole nest egg into this place that is super risky, but the returns, the potential. So to you have to think like to put in so much money, what has to have driven you to the point where you would sacrifice and risk so much that you have earned for mm-hmm. and and willingly kind of go into that going yeah I could lose it all because what it there has to be enough motivation for the thing that goes well to do that and so that's what we need to look at it's like rather than looking at the kind of personal stories and the you know oh well that's sad for them they got scammed it's like no we're put, like pull back and look at how how driven they were to risk everything they've earned because they actually couldn't continue the way they were living or because it was so, you know, it's so difficult. Um, And that's the piece that we want to look at. You know, it's like the most important piece. It's like, it's very sort of um, in Korea in South Korea, there was that show that recently came out, which was, um, I've completely forgotten the name. It was like a really hit show on Netflix. Um, And I can't remember, but it was basically like all of these people who were kind of suicidal because and because they basically didn't have any money and they were all put in this show where they could risk their lives. They would risk their lives. Um, but if you won, you made all of this money. And there was people in it who would be like, well, I don't want to risk my life. I don't want to get killed. I'm going to go home. And the others would be like, to what? To this like same life where you're not going to have any money that you're like living in the gutter, basically. And it's like, so you would be there to risk your life and and the, it's the ultimate risk, life or death. But you would risk that because you need something better. And it was such a popular show. And it showed the kind of, it was like, a, it was speaking to the sentiment that exists there and obviously all around the world about this, this feeling of being in the gutter. And, you know, no matter how much you work, you're never going to make enough money to get yourself out. And so the the only thing you can do is to take a risk because if you don't, you know exactly what your life is going to be and it's not the life that you want to live. And like you say, it should be a human right that we are, that we have joy, that we have fun. Like our life, we are not robots to just exist, to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I consider myself relatively lucky because I've, aligned myself with a job an environmental job that you know it's it's a concept that's important to me you know uh reimagining our relationship with nature um and but still I'm like doing all these things that I don't necessarily want to do and I'm doing it from nine to five every day for five days a week it just seems unnatural what other, well, I don't know, let's not bring in other species, but <laughs> I don't know enough about their life's activities and how much fun and play they do. But I mean, for the human species, play is so important. It's essential, especially, you know, as we're developing from these little creatures to these, you know, bigger creatures through time. Um, but I think there should be much more play and opportunity to then really do, you know, it's not like I'm saying we're all going to like just lay down at the beach and drink, 
you know, margaritas. That's, I think people have this drive and this purpose and they want to fulfill that purpose, but everybody is so different. And I feel like the way society is set up for the most part, you're not encouraged to develop who you are, to figure out your purpose and then go for that. You have suddenly all these responsibilities. Um, you have to make all this money to live, to exist. You don't have time and opportunity to uh, pursue these purposes and passions. And I think that's just, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, evil, bad, unfair, shouldn't be. Um yeah, and I'm really curious also with uh, AI coming out now and really just exploding and what is that going to be beneficial to taking away some of these heavier, heavier, laborsome jobs or it will it allow us an opportunity like hand in hand with crypto, an opportunity to where society would value your creativity and your uniqueness because you don't have to do everything the same as everybody else. The robots will do that. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, it sort of might uplift all those beautiful opportunities to be more creative and follow your uniqueness. Well, I mean, it would only really be possible if, because our, our society is so focused around money, that it would only be possible if we got like a universal basic in income or like a way to afford to just be a way to afford to just live. Right. Cause if the, if at the moment we are doing jobs that are menial, then like a yeah. robot could do. Right. Well, we don't need to be a robot. So the robot can do the job that we would be doing, but then how do we, we're only doing that job to make money. Right. So how do we, if we're still going to value money in the future, then we're still going to have to contribute and what would that look like and how do we make, you know, how do we make money from that? Like, you know, I think that's the difficulty. It's like, well, if you can monetize your creativity and your uniqueness, then you are valued in our society. But if you don't know how to monetize, you know, if you don't know how to monetize what you are, yeah. you just love someone, you love people, you love to help others, you take care of, you know, grandparents and you help people across the road nobody's paying you for that. There's no monetization in that. There's no monetization for mothers. And so that's actually one of my things around Bitcoin is everyone's like, Bitcoin's going to save the world. And I'm like, well, there's also the other part of that. You're still assuming that everything with that whole monetization, bless you. <laughs> but, you know, it's still like everything is a product. Everything is a, is, is ownership. Everything needs to have a price tag in order to kind of to be valued in society, to, to have this sense of money. Bitcoin doesn't, doesn't solve that, right? Like it brings you back your sovereignty, but you still have to kind of monetize what you do. And for a lot of people, and I'm going to say particularly the feminine women, we don't know how to monetize. Like how do you monetize having a child? How could you mm -hmm. evaluate the cost of giving, of giving birth of the whole process from conception to growth to giving birth to a child, like who's monetizing that? How much is that? Is that 50,000? Is that 10,000? Is it a thousand? What is life worth? And the same with the earth, you know, we, we take plants out of the earth. 
green economics will tell you that we should value, you know, we should pay for everything. And it's like, who are you paying? And how can you mm -hmm. value the cost of the rain? So, you know, there is this sense of, okay, if robots are going to take over the menial tasks, are we still going to have this sense of having to monetize things? Or do we have another opening where people are, you know, where basic necessities are taken care of? So you can make money if you want to. You can earn if you want to, but actually everything is like, everything is kind of supported so that you can live in your potential and you can live in your your joy. And if you just want to help your whole life and you don't worry about money, that's a possibility. You know, I think that we need to have these conversations because Bitcoin yeah. isn't going to solve that. You know, we have this issue around what it means to be human and what it means to be human in a monetized world where everything mm -hmm. has to be valued. And if the thing you do is not valued, you end up broke. Even if, you know, you're giving, you know, you're giving so much yeah. support and kindness to everybody around you and you're volunteering and you have a child and it's like, you know, you're still at the kind of in the gutter. It's something we need to consider. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> oh. Do you say you're impressed or depressed? Depressed. <laughs> oh no. Well, both. Both. <laughs> impressed by your wiseness, like, but depressed no. by your wiseness. <laughs> I say, I'm not sure what you're impressed by, but that sounds better than depressed. So I'm hoping you're impressed <laughs> rather than depressed. Um, oh. But no, I mean, I think it's the opposite because for so long we've been in that sense of just accepting that we accept mm -hmm. this rubbish right? This is rubbish. This is ridiculous. This is, we're amazing human beings. We have been given these incredible bodies. We haven't had to pay anyone for those. We've been born into them. We have this incredible, beautiful world. And suddenly you're like, well, the only way that you're going to be able to enjoy that world is if you make money, this kind of random intangible sort of yeah. thing. And it's like, wow, okay. And that's what we have accepted for generation after generation, in particular, the feminine has been, you know, pushed out of the ability to make this money that everybody says that they need. And, you know, in all sorts of ways, which we've talked about on the show of just um, hereditary and children and all of these things where women don't have access in the same way. And so um, I think we need to have the conversation if we're going to create this better future. Um, with say, for example, Bitcoin as that monetary standard. Okay, but let's also look at the entire system. Let's also consider, do we need to monetize everything? Is everything able to be monetized? Let's have the conversation. Because yeah. until that point, like there are people who are destroying their lives, destroying themselves, trying to find a way out of the situation that they find themselves in, which is basically broke in a world where they can't make money. And I know a lot of women who are you know, single moms who, you know, if they'd had money, they're like, I just don't have any money to invest in Bitcoin. And if I did, you know, then are they the ones who would be losing that money? But they are the ones who are just like, I will, I would take any risk, but obviously they have a child, so they can't, you know, throw everything at it. But it's just like this sense of hopelessness because there isn't an out. And, you know, when you looked at something, I'm waffling on, but we looked at something like Luna, which was, um, you know, a huge thing in the space, which, and when Luna collapsed, it took down a lot of organizations and companies like Celsius and maybe triggered even FTX and Three Arrows. 
But the reason why everybody went to Luna was because you got 20%, 19 to 20% returns. And there is nowhere in the world that is offering that kind of percentage on the money that you have. And the same with like even smaller ones. So Celsius was offering like 10%, you know, on your Bitcoin and your Ethereum. And of course, it's not like, oh, well, you were silly to do it. It's like, of course you would right? You're thinking about it. You're like, I have this money. I could put it in a bank and make 1% or 2%, which isn't even in in line with inflation. Or I could put it somewhere where I have an, you know, I get interest on my money, which encourages me to save. It's Mm -hmm. not greedy. It's not like, oh, I'm trying to like triple or quadruple my money. I just want to be able to put it somewhere and to earn money on that. That's not a great desire. That's actually, that should be a sort of normal thing to be able to do. But obviously, you know, Luna collapsed and everybody lost their money, which was sad because for most people it was savings. It was things that they weren't being that risky with and didn't want to to touch. So it was like the majority of their their holdings um, that they, were, they had saved. So it was, you know, a big disaster. But the piece around it is like, you know, psychologically, why are we doing that? Um, why do we find those places? And I think it's really important to to question that and to say, like, because our system isn't working, not because we are stupid. Yeah, I mean, that's a brilliant question in, in perspective of, of looking at that whole crypto space instead of sort of the standard, those crazy, crazy radical, <laughs> whatever. Um, and it's interesting, uh, when you mentioned about, uh, people wanting to save, you know, more more now are are more motivated to save, to put into the crypto because they see the possibility versus putting it in a bank 1% because I am so that, I mean, I have never saved (laughs) as much as I'm saving now, you know, because, I see the possibility, the potential. So I am saving as much as I can that I can then uh, put into uh, crypto, Bitcoin. Um, And it's exciting. It's not like it's a saving that's for me coming from a, a possibility. And I can't think of the word, but it's not coming from a sense of lack, how I'm saving now. You know, I see it from a perspective of possibility and not of lack. And that is so, it's just more empowering in your day-to-day outlook of life when you're thinking like that um, in terms of saving, you know, and not having that fear of fear sense of saving and taking all your money and sticking under it, under your mattress, you know, kind of this idea that we're coming out of, I feel like from historically, Um, yeah. So I really resonate with that idea of reimagining that feeling of saving. You know, yeah. And like you say with Bitcoin, although we don't make interest on it, by saving it, you're saving money. But you also, there is risk, of course, but there's this fundamental belief in something that you're like, I believe in Bitcoin and I believe it will grow. And I believe that the money I'm putting in there will, you know, support me into the future. And that's why we have this kind of, there's a light because there's a possibility. When you don't have that, there's like a grayness, there's a despairingness, there's nothing you can do. Um, 
and I think that's why Bitcoin has saved a lot of people in that sense. It's because it's there's another level of just like there's possibility here. There's something that I can invest in that I actually believe in that I can see can create growth for me and the world. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's so much about that possibility aspect, you know, and, and, because you know, when you think of banks now, I mean, people are really coming to understand banks a little better and how they operate and and sort of their downfall. And if you're investing, you know, if you have your savings there, that potential is taken away from you. And you have then that grayness that you talk about. Um, and I think that's where I have been for a very long time, you know, in that grayness. And uh, now I see a little, a little rainbow in the gray clouds. <laughs> it's the little Bitcoin shuttle, <laughs> the crypto shuttle, rainbow. You know, and that's so important. That's part of the play. You know, having that hope, I think, is connected in in a close way to play. You know, and playing with this new this new concept, this new technology. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think hope and actually play do come hand in hand as well, because play in order to play, there's a kind of, um, you know, you're not hardened. You're kind of, you're letting right. yourself go. And there's that, there's that real sense of, being able to play um, and that joy that comes with that. And there is a play in this space because it's new and it's exciting. Yes. So that's going on. Um, and for you, you were saying before we spoke as well that you don't have 10 years to try to find another way. And that's another thing I wanted to speak to is just like when we're talking about hope and play and possibility, it's like when we're thinking about where we are in our lives, it's like, do you have, is there any other option here? When you pull out and say, if I don't do this, if I don't try and take that risk, I'm going to spend the next 10 years of my life trying to do what I can to save money. And then I will be however old and I'm probably still going to have extra bills and there's going to be things. So it's like, I don't have that time to wait. I don't have that time to just like slowly chip away until I'm free, until I can have a little bit of like opportunity and you look at all of these people who have been saving for retirement for their whole lives and they're in poverty. They can't afford to heat their home. It's like, that's so desperately sad and despairing. And it's like, is that what we have destined for us? You know, we try, we save, we contribute to our pension and then we get there. And it's like, sorry, we don't have that much actually. And you didn't quite save enough, you know, to have a good, to have a good life. Um, or you get sick. It's like, who has this time? We don't. And that's why people then go as well, get rich quick. That's why people jump to that because it's like, I don't have the time to waste before I can be happy or before I can, you know, right. have children or do the things I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope I haven't, we haven't gone down a, a sad route. <laughs> But <laughs> I will like end on a high of the, okay. this is, you know, having these conversations are so important 
right? Yeah. This is an opportunity for us all to step up and dream big. And Bitcoin is an opportunity for all of us to potentially make money in the future, but also to see a new system of money that is something that we can all be part of, that is global in reach. But it also gives us the opportunity to redesign the system that comes around it. You know, yeah. banks won't be needed as much. You know, like it's so what should we create instead? What should we do that actually supports people and the human experience once we've got the money sorted? And I think that's that's where we should focus um, and keep dreaming. Yeah. I'm with you. A hundred percent. Let's keep dreaming together and, and discussing these things. Yeah. Yeah. And if any of the listeners, viewers, um, you know, want to share stories or come onto the podcast or show to uh, express your own experiences or if you have anything to contribute we would love to hear from you and all of the details are in the show notes to contact us and uh don't forget to hit the bell button and all and the like so that uh, more people get to uh be part of this conversation and see our videos so that'd be awesome <laughs> Alrighty, i shall see you next week Next week. Bye. Till then. <laughs> Bye. Happy crypto week. Ciao. <laughs>